This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. The Modern Vinyl Podcast combines the colorful conversations overheard at your neighborhood record store with insightful criticism that goes beyond the surface noise. Located at Modern hyphen vinyl.com and find them on your favorite podcast app by searching modern vinyl podcast or through jabberjawmedia.com the media twists words all the time we have no idea where that unexpected outburst came from we need something more the Ted Nugent Truth Detector app. And people who investigate me honestly ascertain the conclusion that I'm a damn nice guy. Here's how it works. Take any quotes. And the Nuge wins the argument. Obama said this. Sometimes I feel like saying to these guys, I'm the guy doing my job. You must be the other Get guy. Get Nuge! If Barack Obama becomes the president, we need to ride into that battlefield and chop their heads off. Nuge! Donald Trump don't want to fuck with the Nuge app. This judge is of Mexican heritage. I'm building a wall. Okay, I'm building a wall. Uh-huh. When you sit down across from someone who has more families with dying little boys and girls who get a call to take them on their last fishing trip in life. Yep. Call me when you meet someone who does that more than I do. Fucking A. The Ted Nugent Truth Detector app. Because apparently, racism and stupidity is funner than Candy Crush. Nuge! <laughs> This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your host, Brandon Hahn and Petter Spite. News! Yeah. That was fun. I can tell. That you were having fun. the time of your I life. Had a good time with that one, man. Everybody, welcome to the Metal Sucks Podcast. I am your host, Petter Spite. I am always joined by my co-host. I'm Brandon Hahn. Hello. Hello, Brandon Hahn. Hello. This, this week, guys, we got a special, cool, great interview you're going to love. It's with Sean Clown. Crayhan of Slipknot. We are here to promote the Day of the Guasano. Uh, the movie's going to be playing in select theaters September 6th. So if you go to dayoftheguasano.com, and Guasano is G-U-S-A-N-O, you will see what theaters it's playing in. Guys, if you've never been to like a theater experience to see one of your favorite bands with fans, it's a great time. Have you ever done that before? No, yeah. never done it. I actually, uh, I got to see that through the Never, the Metallica one. I know, it, I don't know if it made a lot of money, but the point was is nothing but Metallica fans. People were headbanging. I saw it in this little IMAX theater. It's a, it's a great fucking time, dude. It's a great time. So don't miss this, guys. Well, that was even a... Through the Never was even more of a movie. It was, but... It, I mean, it really was a concert film. There was, like, cool little movie I mean, of course there were yeah. concert films, but, I mean, it was all drone footage and uh, drone... I mean, it, I'm imagining. And Day of the Gusano is a documentary style, so you're going to have a lot of that, but you're also going to get that fucking energy. That, that Don't miss it, dude. That maggot energy. That maggot energy in New Mexico. Mm. It's going to be special. So we're going to be talking to, to Clown in that a little bit Mexican here, guys. Mexican maggot energy. Uh, Why does it sound so bad when I say it like that? That does sound bad when you say it like that, bro. Why do I say it? does? I, but I didn't mean anything. No, in context, I, you're correct. In context, I'm totally correct. That's but when good. you say Mexican maggot energy, energy, like you're just like, woo. I don't know. Like for some reason, I'm like, oh, I feel orange all of a sudden. And like, then when you double down on it, it's even better. It's even worse. <laughs> it's so much worse. Double down is a reference to our other podcast, Rise to Offend.com. Anyway. So, anyways, yes. Thanks for uh, that. Um, this week, guys, it's the end of another eight months of 2017. So, like we did back in the day when we did the episode with um, uh, Beastie Boys DJ. Uh, Mixmaster Mike. Mixmaster Mike. So sorry about that. We did the five albums we think you got to hear in the first four months of the year. Well, we want to do the five albums we think you got to hear 
before we move into September because we got some crushing stuff coming out at the end of the year. And we want to make sure you guys don't have to just get hit with 15 albums yeah. at the end of the year. So we're going to jump in. Yeah. And the last time we did this, it kind of worked out perfectly because uh-huh. we had a hip hop DJ and we got to play metal songs yes. to cover up for the fact that we were interviewing a hip hop DJ. Now we're not doing that. No, we get actually. Now got, we're interviewing somebody that you actually want to hear, but you get the, you get the music. You get the music. So it's as even well. better. Yes. So the first album I wanted to bring up, guys, we played a track last week. It's from a band called Lovitar. Um, their prosthetic LP came out. I just got their vinyl. It's like a gold and black vinyl. It was really cool. And we played the first track off that last week. This album, like I said, it, it's really amazing. It's a great debut LP. I really want to see if people will dig it like I do. Um, but I definitely don't think you should miss it. The song that we're going to play here, uh, the first one is going to be called track two. It's called Discord- Discordant Stygian Worm Part Two.
the Metal Sucks Podcast. And as you guys saw, we the second the song we played after the first one, like I said, was Low Vitar. The second one in June this year, there was so many amazing 
music releases in hard rock, metal, punk, dude. We had Municipal Waste, Dying Fetus, Origin, Suffocation. You had a bunch of stuff. And then for the punk guys, you had a Rancid record. You know, for the hard rock guys, Stone Sour put one out. It was just so much music. But Now, that- when you listen to this new music, do you do, you do stuff while you're listening to it? Because, like, to, to really delve delve into this to really get to the bottom line and what album that you enjoyed the most i mean you really got to put time in i put time into all of them yeah and then that's the song you guys just heard mankind will have no mercy is off another record that came out in june the one that stood out was the goat horror record i i I mean i i can't stop well everybody how great this record was a mass all that great stuff around but this was different from all their other other releases or do you think this was just more no, of the I same just think, progression? I just think Zach's drumming was like because real special. I think the riffs were just perfect for every song. I guess I what think, it is I think is the band just put it together. You've man. always you've always been a Goat Whore fan, yeah. but there was something about this record that made Pete Spagic himself say that this is like their best. Like you could you could kind of tell. You said something like they, it almost seemed like they were trying to figure it out with the other albums, and this is the album where they totally nail it. I don't think I've ever felt that. Um, a goat whore record was more important to me than like an origin or a dying fetus record. Like those, every time those come out, I really, really delve in or even a suffocation. I put them in the same ballpark, but I never really felt that they put out a record to trump those. And this year, I think they did. Mm-hmm. I really do. All those other records to me are, are really good. And I love them all. But uh, this goat whore record, we definitely don't want to miss. So you guys, if you haven't heard it yet, definitely go out there, spend the time. So the next track we're going to play, I think we're going to play this one. Um, um, any, sorry about that. Um, and then, um, <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one. Papa coach. Yeah. They want to hear that okay. one, man. They want to hear that one. By the way, we were supposed to give a shout out. Oh, uh, yes. I was going to do the end of the show, but okay. we can do it right now. Anyways, I was at psycho Vegas. We'll do it in the middle of the show. Before okay, the interview. I was at psycho Vegas guys. And I had this cool moment before Colt Luna and Julie Christmas came in and, and gave us a, a special, amazing performance. There was a dude behind me and he was talking about our interview with Julie Christmas. It was really cool. And so I'm quiet. I'm there by myself. I'm always at shows by myself. And then I just had to turn around after something was mentioned because they, they brought up the Papa coach. And I was like, yeah, yeah. So I talked to him. So I wanted to give him a shout out. The dude behind me, his name was Ian. Real cool guy. He was with two dudes. I didn't get their names. And the guy to the right of me, also familiar with the podcast. His name was Peter. He's the one that called me Papa Coach. I uh, just want to give those guys a so shout out. Pete Papa Coach Spitch from now yeah, on. Everyone. So it's, it's cool when like you're in, you're, you're right before something and then people are talking about the show. I mean, so Ian and Peter, thank you guys for your support. That's amazing. So uh, the next song we wanted to play with you guys is, is from a band. Um, I don't know if we talked about him on the show, this band yet, but earlier this year, um, there was a band called Beastmaker, and they put out a record. We have not mentioned them so far on Metal Sucks. No, and, and I, you know, I'm a big Doom guy, so I tried to realize, hey, let's, let's calm it down. There's all these Doom releases, like this Bloody Hammers EP I couldn't stop listening to. That Colt's Blood record is amazing, you know? But uh, this Beastmaker record was really something that I just keep going back to. I keep getting stuck in my head. Um, it's it's fantastic. It's called Inside the Skull. We're going to play a quick track off of that for you guys before our interview with Sean Clown Crahan. This song is called Of God's Creation. It is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. <laughs> Right. 
that's a good one, bro. Mm, I'm telling tasty. you. Yeah, mm, so. Finger licking. Cool, man. So make sure you guys check it out. Inside the Skull's the name of that record. Before we move on to September, we got Converge. We got a lot of crazy stuff coming in the next four months. So uh, before we get to the other songs, guys, let's get into the, the bread and the butter. We got to me and brandon got to talk to clown from slipknot it was one of my favorite interviews by far you guys are gonna love it dude his personality is just absolutely cool everybody let's jump right into there here is our interview with clown from slipknot this is peter and brandon here metal sucks podcast on the phone we have clown from slipknot how are you doing today man i'm doing good uh it's a beautiful day in des moines iowa i'm living on my houseboat on a lake very blessed and just uh contemplating the future stewing as you would say nice nice so we are here to promote the day of the gusano which is going to be in theaters september 6th select theaters across the nation if you go to dayofthegusano.com and you click on right on the button it'll tell you what theaters will be playing at we got it playing out here twice we're in las vegas in two different theaters out here but uh so how much of the visual world of slipknot is a collaboration and how much is entirely your vision well are you talking uh, as a whole or the film? Uh, let's do as a whole, and then we'll, we'll go to the film. Well, as a whole, I've been very lucky as of lately co- comprehending my love between one of my best friends and I, Paul Gray. And since Paul has been gone, I've really realized something. I realized that he's the one that saw the art in me. So... What that means is when we were getting together, obviously Corey Taylor is amazing and one of the best songwriters, lyricists in the world. He's my favorite. And I'm so blessed to be with the the caliber of musician, Mick Thompson, Jim Root, Sid, Craig, all these guys. I mean, you're talking about phenomenal musicians. And I guess where I come in, And what Paul wanted for me and always loved was, I guess, art, what I do with art, what I do with photos, what I do with concepts. So at this stage in my life and my career after 20 years, I'm pretty confident with saying, you know, I do the art, I do the videos, I do the color, I do the scratch, I, you know, I do the stage, I did the mask, the coveralls. That doesn't mean that People don't design their own new masks or or what. But, yeah, you know, as a whole, I guess I'm the one that's in charge of making sure the demeanor of what we are is on point, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, one thing I remember going back in the day, because there is always the the record that Slipknot puts out, and then I always wait for the DVD. I remember, like, when you guys did uh, the Inside the Nine, the Volumial one, and then I had that Vermilion Part 2, I think it was the video, where the girl was floating the body, like, all the yes. way through. The, it Was that your concept, or was that something you guys did together as a band? Because that video right there stuck with me forever. I show that to all my friends. I'm like, this is, like, the coolest video I've ever seen. And then I was wondering well, if that was kind of, like, your concept, and they're like, we're going to let him run with it, because that was amazing. No, in fact, it's just the opposite. Oh, wow. It's, uh, it's just the opposite, but but it's great that you feel that and you think that because once in a while, art is so important to me. And and it's we to me, you know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't, it, I don't need to do it all myself, you know what I'm saying? I don't need to be that guy. Now, 
why it was was it was back then was you know I did Vermilion One the time lapse. Gotcha. And and Vermilion Two just became to be kind of an upsetting thing because number one that was a, that was a mix of the song that we didn't necessarily do. It was it was given to someone else and they did like this acoustic you know thing and what have you and and. You know, people in the band might have been a little more upset. Um, and then they wanted to do a video. And at the time, it felt a little short. It felt like, you know, everything wasn't gelling business-wise um, of people doing what we need to do and what we say. But now, you know, I was always a fan of it. I always thought it was surreal and a really good complimentary video to v1 you know what i mean so it is a fabulous video it just didn't come out really the way it needed to because of all the politics of where we were at the time but now that all that's gone we're in a whole different world and uh when it comes to slipknot i mean there's so many members of the band and the energy and amount of members in the band much make has to make the editing process really time consuming how do you time who gets what amount of screen time i mean everybody's got their own personality everybody brings something different to the table i mean how do, how do you how do you get to that point in the editing room when you're like for example well, for the new film yeah it's it's one call and all for one you know what i'm saying so you're absolutely right i got nine guys and i gotta take nine into the duration of the film however i'm lucky that it doesn't just work out that way where each guy's got to have the same time. Um, it's more visually explaining to you what's going on. For example, Corey says, how's everybody doing? I should be showing that edit. So you as the viewer watching something visual can understand it. And then Jay busts into a drum fill and then Jim does a guitar thing. I got to go from Corey to Jay to Jim back to Corey. I really just need to tell the story. It's in my mind anymore. It's not really dividing everybody up evenly. It's more showing everyone in the world what everyone is doing. And that makes sense because the story is going to capture the energy. It's going to keep it. Flowing. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't want to show you. I don't want to show you Chris Fane just headbanging. It's Sid is jumping off a twenty foot balcony. You know, I want to go to the most intense energy in the second. <clears throat> but editing Slipknot is a nightmare because, one, I never get enough cameras. And even if I do and I tell the people what they're supposed to be filming, they still don't listen. And they film what they want. So I miss about half of what I need. And then I got to get people that edit that can understand my artistic speaking. And that could be a whole thing in itself because... When I'm doing art, I don't act like I'm on a budget or lunch is at noon or I'm, you know, it's euphoric to me. It's sex. You know what I mean? It's sex. I, I love editing and creating and all that shit. So I don't sit there and look at the clock, you know, so I talk very euphorically and not all the time can other human beings grab onto my canvas so it can be very hard. 
And you just got done mentioning something about somebody who shares your same artistic views and that you need that, especially when you're editing a movie. What are the qualities that you are looking for when you find that person? Well, unfortunately, bro, the the world of choosing who you want just doesn't work in my business. Uh, usually they they have a budget and I'm not in charge of it. Um, what's funny is I always go over it. So fuck them. You know, they, <laughs> they should give me what I want anyway because I'm just going to go over it and I'm not going to save them any money. Whatever for my band. Whatever my band needs, my band gets. But... You know, I've tried to I've tried to pick a few people here and there, but it's like touring. Some bands are in the studio. Some bands are out on tour in different countries. Some bands are at home and don't want to tour. Same thing with editors. Somebody might already be on another project or, you know, they're out of town or whatever. So I just kind of get what's handed to me and do my best to break that person. Now, in the editing room, though, like you're saying, when you're doing the the artistic part and you need a good listener to follow suit, that's that's always key component. But when you get like an outtake or a funny take of something, do you keep those bloopers and show the guys, or are you like, look look at what happened here, happened here? Do you do you have any funny one that on this video from the day of the gusano that uh, that you got to keep? No, there's not really funny on this one. It's a good question. Here's the deal. Early on in my career when I was filming, I was taught that I have the re- I have the right and responsibility and the honor to make everyone look good. So if I was filming someone and they looked bad and I put it in and they felt they looked bad, it would be my fault. Um, so we have a very strict way about us of what can be seen, what can't be seen. Um, these sorts of things. Um, we, I, by now, I, I know what everybody's sensitive areas are. You know, for example, you know, if someone's filming me, I'm a big guy. I don't, I don't want anybody to see a double chin. I mean, I don't usually have a double chin, but, and this is just an example, but let's say someone's filming me and I just be, I got... I've gotten caught in an area where there's a double chin. Why would I put that in if I'm uncomfortable? Yeah. Now, th- there are there are certain situations that dictate other things. I mean, if it's priceless and funny and beautiful, everybody goes with it. Everybody goes with it. But just to put in a butt crack, to put in a butt crack, <laughs> no. You know what I mean? You don't you don't need to do that as a director or an editor. You know when it's right and when it's wrong, but I have a very, very big job to represent eight other gentlemen. And they all have their thing. You know, they all have something. And over 20 years, I've learned it, and we don't stray away from that. But I would be that way for you. If I was filming you guys, I wouldn't throw you out to the coals just because I could. I would mandate integrity for art and the human condition Hmm. that's awesome man and now when you do film like the fans or something like that it's usually one take is that correct if it's like a moment where they're meeting Corey or someone um has there ever ever been a fan encounter that just went wrong and you're like i can't put that in the film oh man you're talking to the clown and (laughs) 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 we got 
my whole career can't be shown. (laughs) (laughs) We have the most rabbit fans, intense, loyal, insane, dedicated. And we as people, I, our true humor in Slipknot, our true humor, okay, cannot be given to the general public. It will be misunderstood. It will be taken incorrectly. People may no longer want to be our fans. And we have a serious sense of humor, man. And we do serious things. And I've had things treated and edited and looked at it. And at the last minute said, nope, can't go. Um, So we keep everything one take. It shows its face. We don't ever like do a double take with fans because it's all spontaneous and real. Um, but there are plenty of things that happen that no longer can be used. But remember years back, Tom Cruise was doing a red carpet and some fuck face squirted him in the face with water from a flower. Yeah. And Tom Cruise was awesome because he just looked at the person and said, why would you do that? You know, and that's the truth. People, you know, so there are those things that happen, you know, that can't be shown or are ridiculous. But, you know, you do what you can do, man. You take what you can take. Yeah. And uh, the, day of, the day of the Gusano that was actually being filmed in Mexico, and this was the first time Slipknot went down to Mexico. What were the challenges of getting this done? I mean, this was it. obviously it probably so- it sounds like it just took a long time for everything to fall into place. Well, it's, uh, it just became, you know, let me let me give it to you real quick here. Number one, um, Slipknot, from its beginning of its career, has never been to Mexico City. 15 years. That seemed to be, like, the most important thing to people to talk about. 15 years this, 15 years that. So when we start bringing up potentially that we might do a show, people went fucking nuts. They're like, oh, my God, it's going to happen. So they start bringing up not fest. Like we want it all. We don't want just you and a couple bands. We want you to bring all your bands. We're like, okay, we'll do it. So we did it. Then we thought, well, if this is what we're doing, maybe just maybe we should film it. And I decided to do this theme of unity because from the beginning of my career, I would hear just how intense the Mexican people were with each other. And just how fucking hardcore they go off on your your set. So I wanted to film to try and capture unity and oneness. Because we get similar experiences in Japan, all over South America. Russian fans will freak you out. Because they're so suppressed. They're so suppressed. They fucking go for it. Yeah, They bring flares out. They bring flares. They'll get beat. They'll get thrown in prison. They don't care. Rock and roll from the Western world, it's on. So I wanted to show this. And in the world we live in today with all the fucking hate and all the ignorant bigots and all that bullshit, rock and roll is the farthest thing from that. We, we love every, uh, every color of skin, every language barrier. We love it. That's what rock and roll is. I can't even imagine rock and roll without every color of skin being there. Okay? So... I named the film Guasano, plural, or excuse me, singular, 
to start with a single maggot. And that way, when you are watching the film and you see tens of thousands of people singing louder than RPA, you can understand the significance of unity in a plural sense. There's tens of thousands, but they're operating as one glissano, one mega, one power, one voice, one reaction to our action. We're playing, that's the action. Their reaction is to uh, react out to what we're doing. And the result is togetherness. So it was a very hard thing to put together. It took a very long time. I decided to work with all Latin American people, which made the which made the editing impossible, which made you know it, it, it made everything was hard and everything, yes, took longer. But in the end, we got another great piece of workout for everyone to 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 download and digest. Uh, that will land, that will uh, stand the tables of time forever. And South American fans, like you said, the DVDs that I always go to, I think about Anthrax, Chili on Hell. I think of Iron Maiden, the Final Frontier uh, Tour, when they did that uh, um, Mexico City Metallica live shit. I got that on VHS, but whatever. The point is, is that the crowds, they every word, they just the energy of them like inspires the bands, and they're the funnest to watch. That's why I'm so excited about this. You know, coming out because I know. I, I, obviously, I wasn't at the show, but I know it's going to be exactly like those other ones I mentioned. It's just going to be this energy that's going to pass back and forth and back and forth. And um, somehow, it always seems like the band is playing over just this roar in these South American that's what it countries. Is. Yeah, it's it, it's it's yeah. It pisses me off in a few places in the set because their roar makes it seem like timing is weird or people are off or. <laughs> It's just like I think if you listen to the devil and I, I mean these fuckers are singing so I wear in ears, man. I have in ear monitors in my ear cranked to eleven, you know, and I still can't hear shit. I'm like, what the fuck? I can't hear the snare drum. Like these kids are singing so loud. And you know what, man? Tears come to your eye and you just I mean, it's the best feeling of all time, bro. You yeah. know, I mean, that's what we do. So, I mean, we try to capture it the best we could. It's pretty freaking surreal. Um, it was a very, very, very hard thought process to get. The show is huge. You know, it's uh, it's uh, it's at the end of uh, towards our uh, tour cycle. Just right out there, I'll put them in. Uh, so things. You know, it's it's the best of our show, and it's the best of the crowds, and you know, it, it's remarkable. Does it fall short of anything I want? Well, every piece of art that I always make does. Every album I've been on, it doesn't matter, man. You always want to. You wish you had two more minutes to do this or two minutes to do that. And um, you know, my only downfall with it was that I chose to use all that American people because I wanted to stay real. And I'm not mad about it. It was just di very difficult uh, language-wise to, you know, get everybody on the right page. That's all. But in the end, here it is, Day of the Gusano. It's amazing. Um, yeah, man. And uh, can American audiences, though, match the intensity of, like, let's just say a Russian audience or, a, you know, a, no. a, a southern? Nope. No, they can't? No. Nope. Why do you think nope. that is? Nope. Because nope. nope. we're lazy and entitled and spoiled. Yeah. Yeah. 
We live in the greatest country in the world. I've been to poverty. Listen to me. One reason also why we're going to do the film was uh, someone brought up we should do some commentary. I said, well, I usually just use outtakes of what we catch. And they're like, kids are selling their cars to buy tickets. I'm like, what? What did you say? They're like, the poverty is so bad. People sell cars. You know, and I'm thinking, you know, is that going to happen in America? Are you going to sell your car to come see my band? No way. Right. American kids, because I'm one of them, God damn it. So I got the right to say this. <laughs> Agreed. You know what I'm saying? I got the right, I got the right to say this. Yeah, Neil Greenwood American would agree. Kids, you know, they, they always think, well, I'll catch it next time. I can get it later. You know, too cool for school. You know what I mean? Go to Japan. Watch people that go without. They don't get, their government decides what happens. You know what I mean? I still haven't been to China because they don't want me saying the word fuck. They don't want me grabbing my nuts. They don't want me showing the devil sign, the, the, the horns. You know, that, that's the reality of the world we live in, you know? And American kids are like, nah, I'll just go next time. Well, what if there isn't a next time, dumbass? <laughs> right. You know? You want you want a bitch to me that you never saw Paul Gray play? Well, Jesus, you had 15 years. What's your deal? You go to Europe and the financial establishments ask their employees, what festivals are you going to this summer? We want you to go to festivals. We want you to hang out, take some time, drink some alcohol, get some sex, listen to some music, be a part of a culture, come back and work your ass off. That's what goes on. Everywhere but here. But then you got the cool kid, you know, festivals that go on here. You know, all the cool kid shit. <laughs> you know, that I, I won't be a part of. I won't be a part of all that junk, that quick money. And just because I can get the old famous radio head with a bunch of shit under it. I don't care more. I have legions of kids that like hard-ass music. And we put on real shows. And I can tell you that the American kids just don't always come out, but they will. It'll start changing. You know, things will change with rules and regulations. And I'm not going to hem too hard on American kids because it's our right to make choices like that. It's our right to say, I'm not going to check out Metallica in Des Moines, but I'm going to drive to Chicago to check them out. I mean, we're, we're lucky to be able to do that. So there's a lot of other reasons than just being spoiled or lazy. You know what I mean? There's a, there's a lot of things that go with it. Uh, one thing about Slipknot, too, I've interviewed several of you guys, and you guys are so confident when it comes to everything that you've accomplished and, and, and how much you mean to the fans. And it's how long did it take you guys to look at each other and go, dude, we're the shit? You know, like it's sometimes people have a hard time saying that or even admitting it, but you guys are, you guys are Let me dead give on. you a story. Let me give you a story. Okay. We were promised a bus from Des Moines, Iowa to West Palm beach for the very first show of OzFest 99. Our manager promised we were on OzFest, then we were off of it. And then we got back on it. We were told potentially the label owner paid money to OzFest to get us on. So they were trying to save money. They want us to take two vans to West Palm Beach. I put my foot down. 
And I said, fuck you. We're not going anywhere unless there's a bus. You know why? Because we're the shit. <laughs> and, that's, and, that's what, and that's what they got told. And that's what they got told. We are the shit. You know it. Ozfest knows it. People know it. And you got to remember, back then, the internet was not like it is now. It was just starting. Slipknot had a guest book. Go figure. We had a guest book on our page where you could leave comments, okay? We knew that people all around the United States were waiting for us. So guess what? That bus came and picked us up and took us out. We got to a hotel in West Palm Beach. We were so jacked, we decided to sprint and race each other, 40-yard dashes, just to get it out. You know why? Because we're the shit. <laughs> and when we hit that stage, when we hit that stage the first time, if you could fly back in time and ask everybody and anybody that was involved, they would tell you what the fuck happened. We destroyed. They're like, you can't throw mics. You can't break mics. Blah, blah, blah. Big Val, who's head of security for Pantera, was head of security of <clears throat> OzFest comes flying over to golf cart. You guys can't jump off stage. You can't be throwing sticks. You can't do this. You can't do that. We're like, fuck you. We're the shit. Go ahead and kick us off. See what happens. We've always believed in ourselves because we work for it. We're from Des Moines, Iowa. Our morals are off the fucking chart. Our work ethic is unlike any band you're going to meet. And we've always convinced ourselves we were the shit. Because that's how we get up when we have pneumonia and get on stage and play with fevers and shit in our pants and being away from home for three years because we're the shit. I don't mind saying that. I don't mind being that. I don't mind being cocky because my brotherhood and us, we've done it. We've dealt with it. We've dealt with the whole world telling us we wouldn't last. The masks are stupid. Coveralls are stupid. What happens if you take clowns out of the band and just have the music? Will it stand for itself? Fuck you. Spend the whole package from the beginning. Spend nine guys with masks, with coveralls, with drums, with guitars, with the crazy shit, with the performance. It has not changed. The only thing that has changed is we've gotten older. And yes, I would be lying if I didn't say we've slowed down a little bit because we're older. But you know what? As we get older, I've lost a shit ton of weight. No one's even going to recognize me by the next album. They're literally, <laughs> I look better now than I did in 99. That's what Craig Jones just told me at the Iowa State Fair a couple of days ago. He goes, holy shit, you look like you're in high school. And I said, yeah, I'm 47. I got another album to come. I'm going to be 50 years old when we're supporting that record. You bet your ass. I'm not going to come under fire and scrutiny. I'm going to be hardcore flips, all of it, because we're Slipknot and we're the shit. Anybody doesn't like it can suck it. Dude, I love that. I love that attitude. Let me tell you uh, just a quick story. I want to go jogging right now. I want to go do something. (laughs) And that motivation is important, but I do remember exactly what you were saying just a minute ago is that I had tickets to – it was you guys, Mudvayne, and One Minute Silence, if I remember this correctly. This is at the House of Blues in Vegas, and I had two tickets, and nobody would go with me. And I went by myself, right? And I remember I still have the electrical tape from when dude jumped in the crowd and left it on us. And then 
Iowa comes out. It's you guys in System of a Down. I think in Ramstein. I can't remember exactly because this is back in 2001. <clears throat> and you guys are at the Thomas and Mack Center. And everybody wants to come out, right? Everybody. Everybody. Yes. Everybody wants tickets and they couldn't even get them. And I'm like, I saw them at the small venue. And uh, and anyways, and, and that's exactly what you're talking about. They missed it. Me seeing you nine guys on that little House of Blues stage lasted for maybe like three tour cycles, you know? And then you guys were, you know, what you are today. But people always seem to just not listen. And that's the, that's the crazy thing that I feel in America is like every time I have a pair of tickets, and I remember I had a free ticket and nobody would go with me to this show. Jeez. And uh, well, I'm going to tell you, if you saw Slipknot on a small stage with one minute silence, Yap, the lead singer, is one of my really good friends. Oh, they blew if me away saw, too. Yeah. If you saw our band on a small stage, then you witness God. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you want to know why we're big now, it's because you saw us. We could not be contained. We're like oil pressure. We're like an explosion. We're the thing that you can do without. You know what I mean? So you're absolutely right. Oh, I can get him next time. I, I don't know. I've been hearing about this band Slipknot. You know, I'm going to finger bang my girlfriend. I'll go check him out next time. You know, that, that's been the story forever. Fuck that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, and, that, and like I said, I'm lucky, but all my friends were not. That, that still happens, though. I've always been trying to convince people to go to concerts, man. But you're right. It's hard to. They'd rather stay at home or even go to a theater, you know, and, and, uh, through the years, I think about that. I, same thing happened with the Damage Plant show. It was the tour that Dime, you know, we lost Dime on. It was that nobody would go with me. I went by myself. It was them in Shadows Fall and The Haunted, I think. And same thing with Peter Steele. It's like you never know. So when they come through your town, in Vegas, out here, it's tough because we have too much shit going on, as you know. It's like you have 70 million options. So to to sometimes convince people, it is a little a little harder. But regardless, uh, moving on, man. I just wanted to share that story. But um one thing that's uh, awesome. Yeah, dude. No, I, I saw you guys, and I, I'll tell you, that one minute silence blew me away. You know, and I, I still have all I the records, that, and I, I look out for them. I know they re- reunited out there; they never came back to the states. But I feel special that I saw them live too, because that was the only time I saw them for thirty minutes. You know. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, for sure. So um, now here's here's a, a quick question. Now there was a comment that you made that a possible double album in a few years you guys might do. Okay, and then um, what do you prefer with a double album? Do you prefer the use your illusion approach, or do you like releasing two separate records, or do you prefer throwing out like two hours worth of music at someone? Well, if I did it, uh, don't hold me to this, but if I had my own way, which I don't, but I got a big say, um, I would do two records that would come out same time, but there would be no more than nine songs, and the whole album would be under an hour, if not under 50 minutes. Ah. So what, what I'm saying to you is I was fortunate enough to work with Rick Rubin on volume three, subliminal verses. Uh-huh. And he and I got an interesting conversation about what it takes to make a phenomenal double album. And the first thing he said was about 75 songs to be able to whittle it down to the best. I never forgot that. And right now we have a lot of material, a lot. It doesn't mean a lot of finished material, but we have a lot of material because of the experience we went through last album. So 
I'm hoping we'll get a lot of material, whittle it down to the best 18, and keep it under an hour. I don't want to make something arty-farty where it just has the liberty to move around and you get all these segues and little art pieces. Fuck that. I want to I wanna get busy. I want to kick you in the face and in the nuts on album A, nine songs, then you put on album B, nine songs and it's all over before you could even imagine in the old song in the old days you had to put out 15 songs anyway you couldn't even go make your record with the label unless you could give them a demo of 14 to 20 songs period so it's not unlike we can do it but i'm not going to push a second album unless it's there i haven't really talked to Corey in a while uh, and i'm not going to for a while he's doing stone sour uh, when he gets done with that, he'll share with me what his trip is. And then we'll see if his trip and my trip and Jim's trip and Nick's trip all can work together. And then we'll have a plan. But I'll be honest with you. We won't start with an idea of doing a double album. We'll just work, 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 work. And a bunch of songs will show themselves. And if there were happened to be 18 songs, I would really motivate for a double album. Mm, I got you. And, uh, you were saying that you have uh, so many songs that you that will probably never see the light of day. But when you are working on, let's say, a future album, do you ever go back and listen to the stuff that you already did just to get some inspiration for their future tracks? All done. Yeah, we have all these tunes. We have all these tunes that we did on the last album. We got this one song called "Quake Five Point Four or something, <clears throat> and. Uh, it's not a Slipknot song, but it's not damn close. And it's unfortunate because it's so close that I wish I could give it to the fans, you know? And maybe we can, but it's different enough that it just doesn't mesh with the rest of it. So we we look at all that, and we won't let any of that go. That stuff's all on the table. You know, we might rearrange it, re-sing it, replay it. I don't know, steal a part, add it to a, something else. Uh, but none of that stuff's gone forever. But we're not the type of band that's going to give you a bunch of outtakes right now. We're too concentrated on the story. And right now the story has five chapters. Self-titled, Iowa, uh, Volume 3, Subliminal Verses, All Hope is Gone, Point 5, The Great Chapter. Five chapters, and the sixth one's about ready to come out. We don't need to confuse it with too much live or too many outtakes or B-sides or all that shit. We like to stay focused. I like to hear that too, by the way. That's that's the way it should be. So every time you have your experience going on. So just a, like the right experience. So it's not like, ah, oh, that's just all right. I like that. I like knowing. That's right. So, um, hence, hence taking time off between records. A yeah. lot of people want to do Corey shit for Stone Sour or other people for shit. Guess what? I need the time off. I... I, I Today is the last day I would ever want to redo a mask or artwork. I need time, man. I toured for three years. At the end of it, my father-in-law died. Uh, my front-of-house engineer has passed away, who was with us for 15 years. Last thing I want to do is get on the road with Slipknot and try to recreate something. We need time. Corey's written a record, recorded a record, is out supporting it. When he's done, we'll all get back. We'll all take a deep breath and we'll be ready and it'll be business and art as usual, just the way you like it. 
Excellent. So just a couple couple more questions. I just want to touch base just so we don't forget. We're promoting Day of the Guasano, guys, September 6th. Select theaters across the nation. Check it out. I even saw that they got a theater in Hawaii that's playing it. So it's everywhere. Um, OzFest NotFest is going to be November 4th and November 5th this year at the Glen Helen Amphitheater in San Bernardino, California. You guys get your tickets and check out the lineup. The lineup is amazing. And uh, the next thing I want to ask you, Officer Down is now available on Netflix. Um, how much did you learn from that project? And do you have any plans on doing some more feature films? I know how busy you are, and I know how time-consuming <coughs> something like that could be. But Well, this is how I can say it. One, I'm very honored to have been given the experience. I'm very honored to have been able to take someone else's vision from a comic book and move it forward into reality. Um, I was very blessed to do that. It was probably one of the greatest artistic experiences I've had in my life because I was the go-to man for six straight weeks. I mean, if I would have allowed people to go into the bathroom and wipe my ass, they probably would have. That's how <laughs> far everybody is on you. You can't. I had to sneak away to get breaks. I would hide in a car with my chair down just so no one would find me about a button on a pair of pants or how sharp a pencil has to be, whatever. But because of that, it was the greatest art I've ever been able to work on because of the time. I definitely want to do it again. But what I've learned is I think I'm just going to concentrate on my own stuff. It's a very competitive business. And what I don't like about it is the money aspect of it. So you usually have to go get funding. And when you give funding, you also tell them that you'll give it to them after a certain period of time. So they tell you, hey, we'll let you do everything you want, but at this time, we're going to take it and make any changes we want. They'll pump you up to do your thing, but in the end, they've made changes that they think will sell the art more. So I'm done with that. Fuck that and fuck people like that. I'm going to make my own script. I'm going to believe in it. I'm going to either use my own money or money that will allow me. Let me put it like this. I turned on Netflix Netflix the other day and saw that it was there. And they have a continuous loop playing. A little video for the movie. Uh-huh. I never approved that. In fact, I never saw that. The music that is playing is not approved by me. No one in my camp, from the guys who funded it to the people that wrote it, asked me if I wanted that that music. Um, I thought I was the director. I thought that every last piece of art for that movie would come on my desk, and it didn't. with all that if you want to work with me you got to want to make the mona lisa you got to work like picasso or warhol those are my mentors you're not going to tell picasso what to do are you i'm not picasso i'm working to be picasso okay when i get hired it's because you want my brain not because you want to take my brain and then change it to your brain that's that's not going to work And you definitely don't want the clown on the other side of you because I'll tell everyone to move to my path. So as far as making Hollywood records or Hollywood uh, uh, movies and 
making other people's dreams come true, that de that's dead in the water for me. At the end of that project, everyone's gone. I, I only get a phone call from one or two people. No one gives a shit. They took their money. They took their shit. They're either sore or pissed off or, or what have you. They don't keep it family like rock and roll. So if I'm ever going to make a film again, I'm going to keep it rock and roll. And I'm not going to let anybody in. It's going to be mine. I'm going to let my manager do all the business, such as Netflix and iTunes. And my people will throw me what I need to do, and they won't change what I do. And then the world can decide whether my movies belong or need to be flushed down the toilet. So I imagine a couple of years you'll get something from me, but you won't get anything from me unless I put all of my soul into it. And if I did, then it means I need to be a, a, a script writer and a director. And if I didn't, it means I shouldn't touch it. That's all. I love Officer Down. I love all the people that worked with it. It's a hard business. You got to be able to stay with it. And art is a little bit too important to compromise for me. So in the future, I'm going to go a little more hardcore for my own vision. Nice, man. That's what we want to hear, Clown. So we want to thank you so much on that note for letting us talk to you, like I said, for getting us to promote your stuff and all those things. Been fans for a long time, man. So uh, we want to thank you so much for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast. Brandon, you got anything? Dude, I mean, Slipknot has been the gold standard in metal for, I, you know, since, since I heard of them since 99. So, I mean... You know, everything that you're saying just kind of lines up. I just, I love it. Who do you think can take the throne next, man? Anybody out there that you've seen that you're like, that live show is either even comes close to you guys? You know, I, I like that question. I do like that question because I want, I don't know about the throne. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, I'm, it's, not, it's, I'm not, I'm not I, handing over no throne. <laughs> meaning meaning my, my territory and my kingdom is mine. If I do anything, I'm just going to put a wall around it and not let anybody in anymore. But, yes, for rock and roll, you know, I grew up with Bad Brains and Big Black and Black Flag and the Ramones and Blondie and, you know, Talking Heads and Rage Against the Machine and Tool and and <clears throat> Kiss and Van Halen, ACDC, Motley Crue, Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd. Man, I had a world to inspire me, but, man, there is nothing, nothing even close. Um, there's good music that comes out, but good music and good press and good shows are hard to come by, man, because it's too tainted. It's just too tainted. You can't have these kinds of explosions. You can't have this many lights. You shouldn't take this band with you. Blah, 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 blah. The next band that takes is the band that comes in and kicks you right in the nuts and spits in the face and says, I'm taking everything you own. You know what? I'll probably quit what I'm doing and manage that band. So <laughs> yes. it, 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 it will happen. It takes time. We don't want it to be contrived. And I'm glad it's not happening now because that means more time for Slipknot. And maybe one day, maybe one day Slipknot can discover that band and take it out and hand feed it to everyone. Because it is a mentality, it is a philosophy, and even the guys in Metallica would tell you that Slipknot is a philosophy, just like I would tell you they're one of the greatest bands of all time. And those are some of the smartest people and hardworking people you'll ever meet. They don't make mistakes. And if you talk to them about us, they would tell you that 
you know, we have something special. So bands like us, we're always looking for that next band that will be special too. It'll happen, but it happens when the stars are lined up and the right adults fuck and have the right kids at the same time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> Excellent. So on that note, Clown, thank you so much, man, for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast. No worries. I really appreciate you guys' time and uh, uh, enthusiasm. I just want to say one last thing. It's to all the maggots in the world. I'm speaking on behalf of the band. We love you. We miss you. Things are cool. And writing, I'm actually going to L.A. in September for another writing session with Slipknot. It'll be the second since we've been off. Um, time in between writing sessions are getting quicker and quicker and quicker. It won't be long before all of us will be getting together to be bringing you what I'm talking about as being one of the most surreal albums of our career because we've had five to learn, and this one's number six. And that number six, if you look it up in the dictionary, it means a lot in different scenarios. So as the clown, on behalf of Slipknot, I just want to say we love all the maggots. Be patient. Be safe. Hold your head up. Preach against hate and stand up for what you believe in. But uh, believe in the right things in this world. And we love you, and we'll see you soon, okay? Right Excellent. on, brother. Thank you. Thanks, Cloud. Dude, how, how cool is that, dude? <laughs> dude, there was a. I remember interviewing him and uh, uh, Sid, the DJ, and uh, they were telling me how they always used to play pranks on each other. And I guess there was one time where they Took remember it too far. What, you, I, I you know, do that all the time. You know what antiquing is? Remember that from, from jackass when they would just take water and flour and just slap them with each other. Right. Uh, I don't, I'm not, I don't remember. Well, he was telling, that this, sounds awesome though. Dude, he was telling this story how they did that for, to, uh, to Brent from, from Mastodon. Oh, wow. And they're like, they're, and they were kind of saying, they're like, we're kind of scared. I would not did. fuck with Brent from Mastodon, <laughs> but yeah, dude, they go, they, they got him, And then, uh, but I guess Brent still hasn't gotten him back yet. So who knows, man? Hey, hey Clown, Brent will get you back. <laughs> right? In a very scary way, too. Yes. And it's, and it's, it's going to be a non-funny way. He's going to be like, the return. <laughs> right? Right. You're going to lose a testicle. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so <laughs> That's hilarious. All right. So moving on, guys. we got a couple more songs to play for you in our uh, top five of the last four months here in 2017. The next song, I think it goes without question that everybody knows. Um, that we would probably pick this song. Mike Patton is an idol of mine. What him and Dave Lombardo did in the Dead Cross record is exactly what I always wanted Mike Patton to do as a hardcore punk rock band. Fantastic record. Fantastic song. Got to see him live. That just made me just love it more. So His boner uh, has not gone down. Not guys. gone it's down. It's just, dude, and they put said, a book in front they of They said four hours ago to the doctor. I'm like, nah, nah, I'm going nope, to wait it out. Nope, we're going to ride it out. Ride it out. Ride or die. So here's a song off Dead Cross's uh, self-titled debut, guys. This one is called Obedience School.
Metal Sucks Podcast.
Boom. And so uh, the last song we just played, guys, that, that is off the new Decapitated record, um, Anti-Cult. And uh, Decapitated is one of those bands, dude. I, I just I, I love them to death. What they put out with this record was fantastic. They are the, they're, they're the band. They're the gateway band I give everybody to death metal. I'm like, listen to this band. They are catchy. They're easy. They're great. You hear that song, Kill the Cult, stuck in your head. Riffs are great. Was this another situation where it's like, you loved all the previous albums, but this was the album where they really nailed it, like we were talking about with Goat Whore? No, I think, I think Blood Mantra was kind of the same. I think they just stayed on par, you know, and all that stuff. And, and uh, yeah. this one's fantastic, though. It's great. And so uh, those are the five records you guys cannot miss. We're actually going to leave you with the sixth one because... Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, shit. I did that. Oh, I did my that. God. So the five records... What? Make sure one you guys... more record we're going to tell you that you should like, that you can't <laughs> figure out for yourself? One more? I'm not saying you should like it. I'm saying you should take the okay. time to listen Pete to the telling... entire album, Pete guys, be because... This year is is gonna it's gonna keep going, and when when we throw fifteen at the end of the year, you're not gonna be able to grasp it all. So okay. I'm just saying, listen to them all now. Pete is telling you to just listen. I'm just telling listen. you, I'm telling you to just like it and force yourself to like it, even if you don't like it, because I got to be right. <laughs> and the last, even though I didn't pick these, Pete picked them. And the, and the last song <laughs> is uh, guys, one of the bands that we got to interview was Byzantine. The record they put out on Metal Blade this year is one of the best of, of the year by far to me. Um, and they're one of those band, bands. This is, a, this is a band that's on the up, is, that's on the up though. The, they've well, been around for a while. They've been around for a while, and we, we want to make sure they keep doing that trajectory, right? Yes. And, that's, and they're one of those bands. There's bands like this that you can't put in the heavy metal category. You can't put in the hard rock category. You can't put, like, Byzantine, Boy Sets Fire. They just got all these different elements that are fantastic, right? And so I just don't want anybody to miss out on the cicada tree. Mm. Make sure you guys just it's give an hour of your time, listen to it. One listen, and this record will hook you because this is one of those bands that I, I saw a comment of someone saying, if I was in a band, this is what my band I want my band to sound like. And that is the best way to describe these guys. These guys are someone that we all want to sound like. So if be- you replace music mm-hmm. and what you just said with mm-hmm. crack, yeah. that's how America got, that's how the government got crack started in America, just like that. You're going to get I'm one gonna little taste. I'm going to listen back and make sure. You're going to get one little taste, and you're going to come on back. I'm going to make sure your joke works, and then I'm going to Ted Nugent <laughs> app your ass and see what Ted says to what you just said. Because I know he's got to come back. He'll win that argument. So anyways. <laughs> Nugent don't lose. Yeah, Nugent don't lose in that app. But with the band like Byzantine, you know, they're not going to have that look. They're just dudes, and they're playing great music, and that's what I want. I want to see great music succeed. So we're going to leave you guys with one more track before we head on out. So I gave you six. I'm sorry. Got a little greedy here but this is going to be papa coach got a little greedy here ian and peter thank you guys vile maxim this is the last song metal sucks podcast over now till next week friends bye-bye
Jabberjaw Podcast Network.